All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, baseball edition, talking Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champion League tonight. Kyle, still overseas, enjoying probably a well-deserved vacation in Italy, so tonight joining me, Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And Brandon Schur from the Slump Busters. I'm excited to be here. So we're going to talk, uh, what week are we in now in the league? Week 13? 13. Week 13 in the Blue Mountain League. Um... A lot going on. It's, a, it's an exciting time. Not an exciting time to be a Red Sox pitcher. <laughs> Who just homered now? Uh, Perez. 20-1 to 1 in the seventh inning. Man, that is, that's, <laughs> that's, and it wasn't even an Eduardo Rodriguez start, I don't think. <laughs> it so, was Buckles. Buckles, just as bad, just as bad. It would have been his start, but he got sent down. <laughs> okay, you Good probably would have picked him up if it, you would have started Eduardo Rodriguez At against the Angels. Angels, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I would have liked that, seeing as I'm playing you this week, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point in the next hour. But first, Shane, let's uh, let's pop Scher's cherry uh, for trivia here. All right. Uh, kind of made one up on the fly here. Uh, I think it's a good one, though. We'll, be, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> currently, in Major League Baseball, there are 10 players who are on pace for a 40-home run season. My question to you is, there are nine active players who have accomplished this feat more than one time. Can you name the nine players that are active that have had more than one 40 home run season? You want to go first since it's your first time? Uh, Albert Pujols. He has done it six times. I'll go Alex Rodriguez. He's done it seven. What's the level of difficulty we're looking at tonight? I think this might be one of the easier ones that uh, that I've asked. All right. Um, you want me to jump in? Yeah, Miguel Cabrera? Cabrera has done it twice. They have to do it more than once or just have done it once? They have to do it more than once. Mm-hmm. Beltre. Beltre has only done it once. Um, <clears throat> Chris Davis. Chris Davis has done it twice. So we got four. Let's go with uh, Giancarlo Stanton. He has not. Mm-hmm. We're all just waiting for him to do it, I think. Is any of the Blue Jays... <coughs> David Ortiz. David Ortiz has done it three times. Yo, Joey Bats has got it in there. Yeah, Jose Batista. He's done it twice. Edwin Encarnacion. He has not done it twice. Oh, wow. All right, how many have we got? That was a little rapid fire six, there. We got six out of the nine so far. All right. Three names left. Brian Howard. Oh, Brian Howard's done it four times. Two more to go. Mark Teixeira. He's only done it once. Really? How confident are you in the fact that you got everybody? Not very confident <laughs> because I did this very quickly, but I'm pretty sure I saw Shara's name one time. Okay. All right. He was one that I, I did look at. Okay, that's fair. We can double chuck that after the uh, <laughs> after the show. Prince Fielder didn't do it. I bet he did. You think? Yeah, go ahead and I'll let you have it. Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder did it twice. <laughs> I, I thought that was... So, two more? One, one more. One more left. One more? 
Maybe I did make this a little too easy. Next one's always the hardest. Bryce Harper is not on this list. He is not. <laughs> Deafening silence right now. <laughs> great, great. Yeah. Always is on the trivia segment. <laughs> Man, this is this is interesting. I'm trying to think through here. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz did it twice. There it is. There we go. He is the uh, ninth guy on the list. And I have a little bit of a follow up here. Oh, nice. A little, little bonus action. There are. Two guys so far this year on pace for 40 home run seasons that would join this club if they accomplished the feat this year. Hmm. Who are they? Mark Trumbo. This would be Mark Trumbo's first really? home run season. Mike Trout. Mike Trout is not on pace for 40 home run, se- oh, 40 home run seasons. Fair enough. There we go. Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano is not on pace for 40 home runs this year. How many did... He's got 20, hasn't he? 19. He's on pace for 39. How many did Cespedes hit last year? Did he get to 40? No. He is on pace for 40, but he did not have 40 home runs. What about Jay Bruce? Jay Bruce is not on pace for 40. (laughs) Alright, so I think we've made it clear someone needs... To have at least 20 months this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I should probably start thinking um, like that. How many Todd Frazier hit last year? I don't think he's ever had 40. Because he's the leader this year, right? Yeah, he is. So Todd Frazier. He has never had a 40 home run season. Uh, how many guys over 20? There are 10 no, guys over Nolan 20. Arenado. <laughs> Nolan Arenado is on pace for 41 season. He had one last year. This would be his second. When you said, I think one of your earlier answers, Edwin already did it once, so this would be his second. Edwin Encarnacion is the other there name on pace for 40. It would be his second time doing it. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, putting that one together quick, you guys did pretty well with it, though. Yeah, we're going to uh, fact check the guys that have multiple 40 <laughs> home run seasons. Get back to you guys on the next podcast for all the names Shane missed in his haste there. Um, but speaking of, you know, great players, no, none greater as far as pitchers go, uh, with Clayton Kershaw headed to the disabled list. Um, Shane, you've been one to say that you feel like Frank has the best team in the league. Part of that is because of Clayton Kershaw. What's the impact on Frank's team with, uh, Kershaw going to the DL this week? I think it's a huge impact. Um, obviously the reason that I think so highly of Frank's team is if you get him in a two-star week for Kershaw, the way he's been throwing, it's so hard to beat him in a lot of the pitching categories, um, especially the ratios and Ks, um, and then, of course, wins. I mean, he takes up four or five categories right there. If you get him in a two-star week, you add him to the pitchers that he already has, and it just makes his team so tough. Um, with him going down, I mean, just takes a huge blow to his team. Um, 
doesn't make his pitching staff quite as as uh, dominant as it as it can be. Um, obviously, you take the best pitcher in the game away from anyone's team, it's going to hurt them. So, I mean, I I still think Frank's team is very capable, very good, and can beat just about anybody. But you take Kershaw out of out of the lineup for an extended period of time, it, it certainly makes his team a lot more beatable. Yeah, like you said, I mean, this this stats you just look at, you're taking away, is, is significant, and it's, for the ratios, it's a steadying force, depending on what your other guys do that week. Um, his last start obviously wasn't great, don't know how much it was bothering him at, at that point, but hopefully it's, it's kind of one of those things where he takes his time, the uh, all-star break comes, and he gets back right, healthy, and has a good second half of the season. I think part of why he was able to go on the DL right now is because of the All-Star break. You know, he gets a little bit of extra time to rest that back. So maybe it was about as good. There's bets oh, going yard, baby. Hey, like that, Shane? Yeah, we, uh, we're going to get there. We're going to get to that part <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some emotions there. Um, but when I, I'm just looking at Frank's team now. Um, you know, Scherzer. Kind of fills that ace role. But Jason Hamill, brutal start last night. Um, second half, Jason Hamill arriving just before the end of the first half. Be interesting to see if he's able to continue um, as good as he's been. His track record has been the second half. He's been miserable. Trevor Bauer's been outstanding for um, Frank. Trevor Rosenthal, not so much. Um, you know, I'm looking at Frank's. Pitching numbers this week without Kershaw, he's got a 5.7 ERA, 1.46 WHIP. He's still beating Andy in those categories, surprisingly. But I think we're seeing the impact that Kershaw being out has on Frank's team. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you take that guy out there that you're counting on every week for, which is ridiculous that you can count on it, but you're you're getting eight innings of just about shutout, one run ball, um, and close to 10 Ks. Um, every week, and you get a two-star week, and you're, you're doubling that. Um, it's just the consistency that he puts out there. He's one of the few guys in the league. There's only a handful, and he's the, the most dominant of the one that you can count on to not hurt you, um, really ever when he takes them out. Um, there's, there's only a few guys out there. I mean, he really, if he pitches, he's you know he's not going to hurt you in, in pretty much any of the categories. Um, he's not going to hurt your ratios at all. Um, you can't say that about even some of the other aces in the league. They, they even tend to have their, their one or two blow-up starts every now and then. Um, but he, he just never seems to do that. So you take him out of there, and then all of a sudden you, you look at his pitching staff, and it, it just doesn't seem so daunting. Um, and I don't think anyone's taken as much of a hit this week as, as Frank, obviously. I mean, you get Rosenthal gets demoted. Um, Fernando Rodney switches jobs over, goes to Miami. He's no longer a closer, it looks like. And not that he was getting a ton of save opportunities in San Diego, but obviously if you have a closer that gets traded, it happened to me last year when I had uh, Joaquin Soria get moved um, and also Drew Storen lost his job. This is when things start to shake down um, in that closer market, and it, it definitely has an impact. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and he also, he's rostering David Phelps, who's been nice. He's been solid for him. But now you kind of have both Rodney set up, Phelps, man. both set-up guys in Miami. Do you really want two on the same team? Um, I don't know if that's a situation that you want to 
keep going forward. So, I mean, not that it's a big deal that you got to drop one of them, I feel like. But, I mean, that's just for the short term, I mean, I feel like you got to get rid of one of those guys. Just all adds up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just, a, just a tough week losing a, a top line best pitcher in the game and then two of your closers basically are lost. Uh, one demotion and one job change. Just kind of a tough week for his pitching staff. Yeah, I think that puts Frank maybe back in the market for some pitching. Um, maybe I'll need to text Frank, and I got some pitching <laughs> to give. So, uh, Frank, I'll be talking to you, buddy. Um, hope you're doing a decent job managing Kyle's team this week. He's losing 9-5 <laughs> to Billy. Um, all right, let's talk about the trade. Do you guys happened. know anyone that beat Billy this year? Uh, I think Cody did. Yeah, did Cody, yeah it, was, it was Cody. Cody, Cody beat Billy. Cody yeah, did want, beat Billy. Once he beat him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to our Cody update, too. Uh, trade that happened this week, Doug Fister and Neil Walker and a third-round minor go from the Brave Boys uh, to Dutch Oven. Dutch Oven gives a first-round pick in next year's minor draft. Uh, thoughts on the deal? Um, I didn't really have a problem with the deal at all, which is surprising because I normally have a problem with a lot of deals. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was a, a pretty good deal for both sides here. Um, the Dutch Oven needed to take a chance and maybe go out and get an arm, and maybe Fister can, can be a solid producer for them, um, take a chance on Walker, um, staying hot. And Josh uh, ends up moving up in the draft a pretty good deal. Um, he gets what's going to look like it's going to be probably a top 10 pick. Um, I know Caleb's team's hot right now. But I don't know how high they can get in the standings. So i got to figure that unless they end up getting hot and winning in the playoffs, that pick's going to be somewhere in the top ten of the next year's next year's draft. Yeah, they turned two, two players that I think everyone can agree on are at their highest value probably right now into a, a top ten pick most likely. Um, so... I think it's and he gave up not not a ton, uh, but two good players that are going to a competing team that's trying to to make a run at it. Yeah, it definitely gives um, some more offensive depth for the oven. Um, you know, now they'll have middle infielders Story, Crawford, Carpenter at second base. Uh, maybe he moves one of those guys now. I know he's been trying to move Crawford for a little bit. Um, so I think there's probably a corresponding move to come with this down the road with the oven. We've talked about how good the offense is and having the ability to move some of those guys for pitching, but uh, no real no real risk in adding those two guys at this point, especially when you get a third-round minor back. The only bummer is in my four seasons, I think two years, I've gotten Caleb's first-round minor pick at the draft, so I won't be able to get that from the <laughs> next year, but um, that's all right. It, it it happens. Try so. Cody. I think he has some for sale. Cody has a couple. <laughs> he has a couple fourth round minors for sale. Definitely. Cody likes to trade those those fourth round minor picks. Um, or was it a third rounder? I think. I think he traded a third rounder a couple times. All right. Let's get into standings and score updates for this week. Um, standings. Not a whole lot changed. Uh, same four teams at the top of each division. Uh, the race has got a little tighter, though, this week. Um, the biggest gap between first and second place is actually in my division. I have a 14-game lead over Andy. Looks like I'll be able to 
increase that this week right now. And then the tightest one is in uh, the Cal Ripken division, the Bombers and the Chodes. Uh, six games separate them. Cody just continuing to have a good season, competing with what we think is one of the best teams in the league in Billy. Um, then you got the Stallions with a 12.5 game lead over Adam and the Fanatics. And Shane locking down the P. Rose division uh, with a 10.5 game lead over Frank's team who we talked about earlier. What do you guys see in the standings? Anything to talk about? Well, obviously I look at mine the closest. Um, but I think I'm going to start out in the Griffey division. I, th- I think that race is over. Um, I know it's 12.5 and, and anything can happen, but what I've seen over the last couple weeks, I just don't know that the Fanatics are going to be able to keep pace with the Stallions. Um, I think they're going to slowly pull away here at the end. Um, and it looks like in, in your division, it looks like I don't know that that's going to turn into the race that we thought it was. Um, got a nice little 14-game gap there. And at this point, I think you might have to be more worried about the oven than, than the Matadors at this point. Um, Matadors are, are pretty cool right now. Um, they've certainly cooled off from their early season, um, how good they were the first month of the year. So, I th- obviously the oven's playing really well, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to close the gap the, that they had a couple weeks ago. It's, it's just too big of a gap. Um, yeah, the most exciting ones for me are going to be my division and the Ripken one. It looks like uh, Cody's going to hang on and uh, give Billy a tussle the rest of the way. Um, not let him get too much separation. And mine, uh, I still think it's going to be a three-team race. I really do. Um, I know Zach's a little bit out of it right now, but... He's ran into some tough luck because he yeah. has a real good team. Yeah, I mean, especially with, with the acquisitions that he made and, and looking at the schedule, he still has some of the teams that, that have sold off for the year remaining. Um, you got to figure he's going to get some big wins there. And you have none of those teams left, correct? I have none of those teams, so <clears throat> got to figure that those standings are going to close up in a hurry. Yeah, I look at it more in the back end because that's kind of where I am with the teams that are, are trying to, to get to that bottom 7-8 seed. Um, and one team that, that comes to mind is the, the Dutch Oven. I think most of the teams, I actually looked through the schedule early this week, and most of the teams in that 7 through 11 range have one or two of those matchups against the teams that have sold off and kind of have packed it in for this year. And I believe that the Dutch Oven was at least three, maybe four matchups against some of those weaker weaker teams that have, have sold and, and think you should have a good opportunity to take double-digit wins away from them. Uh, so that's that's obviously an advantage to, to Caleb. Yeah, he's got the Sluggers this week, um, the Malloy Boys next week, and Gorilla Glue the following week. So he's going to get some nice wins here in, the, in these three weeks. But then he's got the Chodes, the Slump Busters, and he ends with Shane. So he plays both you guys to end the season. Um, <clears throat> be interesting to see where he's at in the standings after week 15 before he heads into those three tough games down the stretch. Assuming you'll still be a tough game. Have you, you're still in the buying market? Where are you at? Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much salary cap space to, to buy anymore. I'm, I'm still looking at trying to get in that, the race and getting the eight seed, seven seed, whatever it may be. Uh, but I kind of am one week away, a bad week from having to flip the switch real quick and trying to sell. What do you think you need to add to your team right now when you look at it? Um, honestly, I mean, I don't... You have like eight closers. 
Yeah, and, and I kind of, I, I talked about one tonight. It, it's it's one of those things where, yes, you don't need four closers and kind of frontline. I consider mine frontline guys on pretty good teams where they get opportunities. But at the same time, that's a category right now where up against basically anybody, I know I have a much better chance of winning it. So for me to trade one of those off to a, another team that's in the playoff race, am I helping myself or hurting myself at that point? Yeah, especially you have an interesting dynamic with Chapman and Rondon on the same team because Chapman's been rumored to go to the Cubs. Right, yeah. So that's, that's, that's another thing to consider. Another thing that if I trade one off and then something <clears> like that happens, then I'm down to two in a category that was pretty handily mine in most weeks. Now all of a sudden I'm fighting right there. You almost have to, if you're going to move one, you almost have to move one of those two guys just in case that were to happen. Right, right, exactly. Um, and obviously, you get a little bit better in the holds category with one of them, but uh, holds can be had by 60 different players. It's a crap players. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's a crapshoot. Shane seems to be the best at uh, <laughs> getting holds. You're, I think you're finally going to do what you've wanted to do your whole life we're, at we're least gonna, the last two years is take me down and hold so I only have one right now and I don't see many like, more coming I've kind of actually punted holds <laughs> for this week at least it, it looks like the first goal of the 2016 season for the Jones Bros is going to come true this week um, we're going to beat you in holds so only a couple more goals left uh, some bigger ones but yep. I don't think you're going to beat me in batting average though so now's a good time to get into this I guess <laughs> your thoughts on what's going on this week yeah, it's just one of those weeks where I think we kind of both are running into a little bit of bad luck. We're both having some pretty solid offensive play. Um, and, and it's just unfortunate when you happen to run into another team that's having a big week. Um, obviously, you're having just an absolutely huge week, um, hitting 374 with, with 14 homers um, sitting here on a Saturday. It, it's there, There's really not much you can do. I'm having a nice week offensively, but I, I can't really match up with someone that's hitting that, that ridiculous amount. Yeah, the seven stolen bases for both of us, too, is, I mean, that was one I didn't think I could get you, and it's it's close right now. Well, going into the, going into the <coughs> week, I mean, I usually count on stolen bases being a category that I'm going to win. I lead the league, but you're number two, so, I mean. I, I didn't have any from VR yet this week, either, which is crazy. Yeah, so I figured I figured stolen bases would be close. It's always a, stolen bases is one of those categories where you just never, really never know from week to week. Um, you can't really count on, um, definitely getting a bunch of stolen bases. I mean, it's, it's kind of a hit or miss sometimes. But, I mean, we were the top two teams, so I figured it would be close. Yeah. Um, one of those categories that you, you hope that you can, can win and be the difference. Batting average is the one where it's a little disappointing. Um, obviously, that one's another category. You can't really control it too much. To an extent, you can. I mean, you, you kind of know what you're going to get, but it varies because in, in a short one-week span, um, any anyone can do anything. But, I mean... I'm hitting like 275, 280 on the season. You're hitting like 250 going in. You kind of figure that's what I'm going to get, and it's not looking that's going to be the, the way it goes. Um, but with that being said... Dozier and Myers are unconscious right now. Yeah. I mean, those two I mean, that's what happened. You run into and some Kendrick Morales is hitting about 800 this week. That was kind of the big move. I mean, I looked at Morales all weekend last weekend, wanted to pick him back up after I dropped him. Um, got too prideful, held on to Randall Pritchard for couple days too long and you scooped him up and the guy has like 15 16 hits this week yeah um that's the difference right there well it, it was kind of dumb luck with morales i picked him up for 
the two games against uh, the Cardinals. So I thought he had some good matchups there um, at home. And then in the second game <clears throat> in Kansas City, Lorenzo Cain pulls a hammy, and now Kendris Morales is a right fielder in a National League park. So um, where I probably would have dropped Morales after the second game of the week, I hold on to him, and he's got some good matchups now in Philly. And it turns out that uh, it worked out just with the Cain injury, so some dumb luck there on my part. Yeah, it's kind of been the difference in our matchup. I mean, if I pick up Morales like I, like I was looking to do, I'm probably I'm probably winning right now. I like that you texted me right after I picked him up too, and at least <laughs> said that that was a good move and it worked out. So that makes me feel good. <laughs> um, all right, so Ovens up ten three over the Sluggers. Uh, Jordan Revolution up six four over Cody. So Cody may not win this week. <laughs> um, Kingdom Come ten three over the Brave Boys. Seems like there's been all uh, legal lineups in that matchup this week. Uh, Slump Busters 10-3 over the Fanatics. Destiny 10-2 over the Matadors. Bombers up 9-5 over the Stallions. And Gorilla Glue and the Malloy Boys uh, in an absolute thrilling 6-6-2 matchup between those two teams. Uh, speaking of Tom's team, waiting for waiting for a move from him. When, when How close? Has anybody had any talks with Tom? I, uh, I had okay. a little bit of talk with him this week, and we... What he wanted from me just wasn't going to work out, but um, I haven't closed the door yet completely on that. Uh, I've had some some discussions. <coughs> uh, always have a few throughout the season. Uh, you got to figure he's got to move something here soon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, got a couple pieces left to the puzzle that he could probably get rid of before next year. Um, got to figure he's got to be looking for something. I'm not really sure what he's what he wants in return yet. Um, I'm not really sure that he knows exactly what he wants yet. Um, he wants of, minor picks. He wants minor picks. Um, I, I think. I, from what I, from what I have in my discussion, I feel like he's kind of waiting and seeing um, to see where where a couple of guys go, especially the ones that I was interested in, um, to see what he wants to do with them. But you got to figure there's going to be a couple moves coming from from the Molloy boys soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I think we need to get a rolling on, and uh, just Zach, if you can speak to this, if you're listening. We had talked about making our trade deadline match the Major League Baseball trade deadline, which this year is August 1st, not July 31st. Uh, apparently, Major League Baseball did not want to have their trade deadline be on a Sunday, which July 31st is a Sunday this year. So, for I think the first time, the trade deadline is going to be August 1st. So, will we have an extra day of trading? Um, something that's probably going to come up here, I know. I'm sure there's one guy in this room that could probably question anything and everything that happens in the league. So uh, let's get this out on July 2nd and get an answer before July 31st. So Shane isn't making a trade on August 1st and <laughs> effectively ruining the league because of an uproar. So uh, what do you guys, you guys have any opinion on whether or not the trade deadline should be the 31st or the 1st? It doesn't really matter to me in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, as long as it gets out, no, I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Yeah, as long as, as long as we're getting it out with every with time for everyone to know when it is, I don't I don't know that it's a huge deal. Um, I guess maybe if you if it is on a Sunday, you gotta know before what your matchup's gonna be like ending that week. Um, I think for our I think for our league, it makes more sense to have it on a Sunday just because that's when our matchups when end. Matchups end. Um, but I don't know. 
I don't know if it really matters that much. This is one I, I won't I won't cause a big stir about this one. Uh, <laughs> it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to get a deal and you're trying to get it done by July 31st anyway, and you may be able to sneak something through on the first, but for the most part, I think everything's going to be said and done by then. I still feel like there's not many chips to fall, and again, this is a credit to what Bino proposed in the off season with the 18 playoffs. I think, as I've mentioned, I think that it, it's kind of done what he wanted it to, and guys aren't willing to throw their hat into the cellar ring as we talked about with you, Brandon, because of the fact that you're still within reach. Yeah, I mean the four the four teams that kind of said they sold they they did that. They're they're kind of picked clean at this point. There's a couple guys here or there um, that still have some interest from teams, I'm sure. Um, but I, I I'm the next lowest in the standings right now, and I'm I'm not ready to. To sell yet, I think I can make a push for that eight, and obviously, my team had a, a big hole in the beginning that I had to dig out, which is why I'm so low. But these last couple of weeks, been playing some some of the top teams, either right there winning, or or losing by a couple points in each category. So, if I can continue the push, I, I'd like to get into the playoffs. But uh, I'm one bad week away from from saying. I need to get some some value for next year. Well, to hop back into this, uh, into the matchups. Speaking of your cha- a team that you're chasing in the standings, uh, you're you're putting a a ten three hurting on them right now, which is which is a huge for you. I mean, you need weeks like that coming down the stretch where you beat a lot of the teams ahead of you. Um, Who are you playing? Playing Adam, the Fanatics, okay. um, up ten three currently, and that's that's a seven game swing right there. I think you're down like thirteen or so yeah. to them right now. So you can cut half the deficit in one week. It's huge. Um, you got to do that a couple more times. I feel like I mean you can't really afford the ten three loss. Is kind of what would kind of probably right. push you into a, a seller format. But that's one of the big things I'm watching this week. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on throughout the league this this week. Um, all four division winners, division leaders playing each other. Um, you getting the better of me right now, and and Billy taking care of Kyle right now. Um, and I think, well, Billy needs that win more than Kyle does, as we talked about. It's debatable who needs it more between the two of us. You may probably need it more than me, especially with the big week Frank's having. Yeah, I mean Zach and Frank <clears throat> both having pretty big weeks. It looks like they're gonna be able to hang on for some wins this week. I, I need to not lose too much ground in the standings there if I want to hang on. Um, I think Kyle's going to be all right and still be able to hang on in his division. Um, another big thing I was looking at, um, the Choo Choo Molloy Boy and Gorilla Glue match, six six two right now, going into this week. Number one pick. Number one pick and some, some uh, other interesting tidbit here. The Gorilla Glue are currently winless on the season. Um, oh, really? Have not won a matchup yet this year. I don't oh, wow. believe we've ever had a team go the whole season without a win. Uh, maybe someone can back that information. I went back and looked on our CBS standings since we switched over, and I don't believe we've ever had one there. Um, I'm not sure about when we were using ESPN, but the Gorilla Glue going for the ominous um, defeated season. 0-18. Uh, 0-18. See if they can make it happen here. Um, locked up in a tight one. <laughs> has, has do you know if Bino has played Burkhart yet this year? Um, I I don't know the remainder of of uh, Bino's schedule. Um, I don't have that. You got that sure? Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to find that out. I want to talk about these three teams because, Shane, I think you made a bold prediction that Burkhart would finish 50 games out of first place in his division. 50 games out of the playoffs. Out of the playoffs, okay. Yes. Week 16 will feature a matchup between Gorilla Glue and the Steel Town Sluggers. Oh, man, that is going to be some good television right there. Could, be, gonna... could be some good theater there if, it, if it's still intact and uh, Bino doesn't get the win this week. I'd say if that's still intact in week 16... I think that Matt would probably really enjoy giving that to Bino, <laughs> I'd have to say. We, we um, might see <clears throat> Jose Reyes jump out of the lineup that week. Um, maybe some moves going on in Steel Town. I'll go keep him in at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on, he's on the he's team getting, now. He's getting so. close. <laughs> um, and maybe that was his plan all year. He's been saving him for, for Week 16. All right, so let's let's get back to that Burkhart bold prediction. Who is the eight seed right now? Is it Zach? Um, I think it is Zach. So we got two teams from the Pete Rose division. Three. Well, I'm just going through in order here. Yeah, correct. Um, the four division winners, the Chodes are the five seed. Destiny would be the six seed right now. Seven seed would be the Fanatics. And the eight seed would be... Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. So, right now, 44 games out of the playoffs for the Sluggers. I think that bold prediction is going to come true. I, I might even be uh, closer to the 60 range. Right now I'm wondering if the division winner in the Rose division is going to be 100 games up on Burkhart. It's 63 and a half right now. Do we have a shot at 100? Uh, what, what we got left? Six weeks in the, including this week? 13, 14, 15. Um, yep, six more weeks. So you got a 36 and a half. He's got to lose by six and a half every week. That's going to be tough to get to 100, but 75-80 certainly isn't out of the question. 100 games. Well, and then when we get to talk about 100 games, Pino's 70 games out in uh, the Ripken division. So Billy and Cody could probably pick up 30 games on him in six weeks. Yeah, I could certainly see see one of those teams. I don't know that it happens in, in our division, but I could certainly see... The Bombers or the Chodes uh, maybe get into 100. That's going to be super interesting. Uh, super interesting right there. All right, so the next thing I think we want to talk about um, with the Home Run Derby coming up, <clears throat> I believe it's Monday, J- July 11th, um, San Diego this year. It's been uh, kind of a hitter's park, actually. You know, Will Myers, Melvin Upton having some nice seasons with the long ball in uh, San Diego this year. I want to know who your ideal eight-man home run derby would be in today's game. Um, maybe have some good debate about that. So, uh, I guess let's go two guys at a time and uh, let's see who everybody's top eight is. Um, well, I think my first, Todd Frazier, returning champ, defend the title. Um, obviously hitting home runs this year. My second one I would like to see would probably be Adam Duvall at this point. I mean, I've, I think I've watched one Cincinnati's Red Reds game since he's kind of went on his, his tear here. I mean, to be right up there with the leaders in home runs and not play the first month of the season is very, very impressive. So I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Interesting. I, I wouldn't have even thought about Duvall, so. And I actually, as fun as it was watching Frazier last year in Cincinnati, I don't know if I would have thought about him. Um, but he certainly 
outstanding. I mean, that was that was one of the coolest things last year, watching him with the crowd in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I had both of those guys on my list. I mean, I just thought of Frazier because you win. I think you should be there to defend. Yeah. Um, obviously, Duvall being on my team, I want to see want to see him knock some balls over the fence. Um, don't think you can really have a home run derby without talking about these two guys. Uh, Got to be Harper and Stanton for me. Um, just want to see how far these guys can hit some baseballs. Yeah, I would um, love to see those two guys <laughs> definitely. Just want to want to see how far they can stretch the limits of. Uh, Seeing some balls fly over 500 feet is always fun. Yeah, yeah, I think both those guys would be um, awesome to watch in the home run derby. Um, I think you got to have Nolan Arenado there. Um, I would love, to, I would love to just see what kind of a show. I feel like he's a showman. Um, I think he could put on a really nice display. And then uh, the other guy I'd like to see. I'm, I'm a big Chris Davis fan from Baltimore. Like to see, maybe if he could swing and miss a couple times too. But uh, <laughs> I think he could definitely put on a, a launching show. So Arenado and Davis would be two guys that I would definitely talk about. Yeah, along with along with Davis, I mean Trumbo. Trumbo's hit some long balls in games. Yeah, that would be a nice little potential show. He was really fun too in the year that he was in. I forget what the year that was. Might have been two or three years ago, but he. Put on a real display. Um, I forget what year that was. It might have been in Yankee Stadium. Um, but he had a real, real exciting home run derby. So, yeah, I like Trumbo as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with another name that I really feel like you can't leave out here. It's Mike Trout. Um, he hit a ball that was about two inches off the ground the yeah. other night. <laughs> How about um, that? Literally almost bounced, and he hits the ball 400 feet um, to left center. So, definitely would want to see a guy like that in there. Definitely. Um I'd like to see A-Rod in a home run derby. <laughs> Again, just at the age of, is he 40 now? I think he's 40 or 41. He's 42, maybe. 42. I just think that he'll never do it, obviously, because uh, he could be on the 60-day DL <laughs> after yeah. doing a home run derby. But I'd just like to see what kind of a show he could put on. So I'd love to see A-Rod in a home run derby here in 2016. Yeah, a couple other names we didn't talk about. Uh, certainly wouldn't mind seeing Chris Bryant in the home run derby. Oh, yeah, um, how do you forget about him? Him and Jock Peterson last year were Jock awesome. Jock Peterson was great. Um, Brian, obviously those guys can, can hit the ball a long way. And got to see Joey Bats in there, man. Yeah. Um, love seeing him get some good bat flips in there. <laughs> um, him, yeah. and, him and Odor in the home run derby. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. It's with Jordana Ventura pitching to him, maybe. That would That's be good. perfect. <laughs> That's the one. It's like a dream world right there. Um, I guess the uh, what you were trying to lean us towards here, I'm guessing, is do we want to see Madison Bumgarner in the home run derby? Um, I'd, I I, I want no parts of it. I think, it, yeah. But go ahead. I don't know if that's what you were. Maybe well, I love. I just towards. love the home run derby. I think it's one of the best nights in baseball because the game kind of stops. You don't have to worry about your fantasy team. You're just watching people hit home runs, and we love it. But I'm interested to hear your guys' debate on this because I I have a strong stance. I don't know. I think we. I think it would be interesting. Obviously, I don't think it's beneficial for the game of baseball to have aces out there swinging it but I think it would be entertaining to watch Madison Bumgarner Jose Fernandez uh, some of the other pitchers that can Arietta. can swing it go out there and 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 put on a show I think it would be fun to see Bumgarner do I think Bumgarner could do I think they would do well in this format, probably not. 
Um, I don't think so. Um, I think I, I think I'm on the same page as you guys. I think I'd rather see the stars, stars um, get in the batter's box. I know we watched it together last last year. How much fun was that? It was, it was really cool. I, I really love the new format. I, I thought it was really exciting. Um, not watching guys take ten pitches in between swings. Yeah. Um, they're up there hacking. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I feel like they they did a really good thing with the way they changed it last year. Um, I, I don't know that I. I think maybe I'd like to see the pitchers maybe maybe swing it a little bit and, and watch them hit some home runs. I just don't know if I'd like to see them in the competitive format. Yeah, I mean, I think if it would be, if ever there would come a time where pitchers did it, it would almost have to be a separate thing, which I know is, is difficult because it's already kind of a long night. Um, but if you do eight offensive hitters and then find four pitchers and, and separate them and do it, uh, just try and get a winner of the four pitchers. I think that yeah, maybe we get a, a Fernandez, Bumgarner, Arietta, Cindergard, right? Four man, four man tournament, something in All Star Weekend. That that would be fun to watch. It does nothing for me. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. I think it's stupid that Bumgarner hit for himself the other night. As fun as that is, and as depleted as the Giants are right now, great. That's cool. That, but that's just stupid. I mean, when you get you can see some of these guys that we rattled off. Who wants to see Madison Bumgarner go out and put up a Brian Dozier zero? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'm off base there, but I just feel like I'd rather watch some of these stars hit. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. I'd rather see, I'd 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 rather see Mike Trout Mike Trout bat a hundred times before I watch one of those guys hit. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's a huge talent gap there. (coughs) Um, Yeah, sure, he can do it every once in a while, but. these guys can do it just about every swing when they when they really want to. Yeah, and would it be cool if one of those guys hit a five hundred foot bomb and that's the only, even if that's the only one they hit, would that be cool? Yeah, but it's batting practice. I mean, I feel like most of those guys played a position coming up, so in at least in high school or college, so they should be able to hit one out probably. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a name that I'm done watching in the home run derby, and that's Prince Fielder. I, really, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to see him take any more I backs. don't think we have to worry about that this year. I don't think his seven home runs is going to get him in. <laughs> um, yeah. Does Will Myers get in because of it being in San Diego? I mean, he's got to be the all-star for the Padres, right? Yeah, Will Myers is definitely on the yeah. all-star team. Um, I feel like he might have to get in. I mean, how much fun was it in Cincy last year with Frazier? I mean, that was a huge... Huge part of why it was so exciting. The yeah, I don't advantage. think I don't think Myers carries the weight in San yeah. Diego that um, Frazier carried in Cincinnati. But I, I see what you're saying. It's always good to have a hometown guy. And as a Myers owner, I want no parts of him doing the home run derby. I hope he doesn't do it, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I mean, I mean, if there's going to be for someone from San Diego, it, it kind of has to be him. I, mean, I guess you could throw Mac Hemp in there. Oh, um, Melvin Upton. Upton, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's it's got it. It's Myers yeah. or bust in San Diego, and well, please don't do it. <laughs> don't don't get in. I don't think anyone wants to see Brett Wallace taking any hacks in the. No, I think you actually have to be an all star too to be able to do it. I think that's I think that's part of the prerequisite for being in the home run derby. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Chris Bryant's already said he's not going to do it, which is a bummer. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Jock in it. Um, even like I, Robbie Cano, I'd like to see maybe him do it. He's got a sweet swing. Carlos Gonzalez, I don't know if we've ever seen. He's probably done it before, but um, 
I'm just trying to think of the guys that got the real sweet swings, and those two are at the top of the list for me. Well, let me throw a name out here and see. Are you, are you <coughs> excited to see Jose Altuve take take some hacks? Oh, oh, oh that's what I was thinking. See a small yeah, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Five, five, I'd like five, to six. see him spud yeah. the home run derby. That'd be, that'd be fun. Everybody liked when Nate Robinson won the dunk contest. Yeah, that was a crime too. He had no business winning <laughs> that, but uh, that's fine. Could be. Could be at least, at least the home run derby isn't judged. You actually have to win it, not like the <laughs> dunk contest. Um, there's no Cardinals <laughs> that I want to see in the home run derby. Um, Certainly no Braves. No. no. No, and you guys are both Braves fans. That covers both your teams. Yep. <laughs> um, who else? I mean... Edwin? I don't think... Have we seen Edwin in one yet? I mean... I don't really know that I'd, I'd care to watch him. Because he's on your team and you don't want him to get hurt? Nah, just doesn't really do it for me. Um, did Johannes did one when he was in Oakland. He's one. He? He's two-time winner. He's a winner. Yeah. He won back-to-back. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing Cespedes. As much as I love Machado, I don't need to see him again after last year, even though that was pretty good. Um, Nelson yeah. Cruz, he's Nelson always a Cruz, fun one. He's always nice to watch. He homered tonight, too. Another guy that homered tonight in the Mariners, and I want to get a feel for you guys where you stand on him because... Position's been atrocious this year. Mike Zanino's back in the big leagues. Any interest in Mike Zanino is about as hot of a prospect as you could get. One of my buddies who collects uh, minor league cards prospecting, he's got about $200-plus in Mike Zanino. He's pretty much got nothing to show for that now. Um, but he's back up in the bigs, and there's obviously power potential there. Where, where do you guys stand on Zanino? Um, I'm out. I mean, your catcher situation's decent. You have a guy that plays every day, but I think if you could find an upgrade out there, you wouldn't be opposed to it. No, certainly not. Um, kind of kicking myself that I thought about taking the chance on McCann and I didn't pull the trigger, and obviously you're reaping the benefits of that now. Thanks, um, sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that, <laughs> I, I kind of got a little lucky in the sense that Contreras came up basically right after I did that. Uh, my plan, I knew it was at some point going to happen, my plan for a while was going to try and stream some guys. McCann was, I mean, great in the beginning, but definitely hit an all-time low. His average dropped to 211, wasn't hitting for power, uh, wasn't playing every day, uh, was in and out of the lineup. So I, I was planning to, to stream for a little bit and then got a little lucky that Contreras came up and is seeing the success that he's seeing early here. Yeah, back back to your question. I uh, I don't think I'm willing to take a chance on him. I, I've seen just some horrific numbers put up by him in the past. Um, as far as batting average, I've seen him go full weeks without getting a hit. Um, just happened <laughs> last year, I remember. Um, just you just can't really afford to have those seven ten day stretches where he he's hitting under a hundred. Um, just not for me. Yeah, and I think we probably stand there, but looking at the waiver wire, there's some catchers out there. Um, Steven Vogt, probably the top one available on free agency. Uh, took a shot at him before, ended up grabbing McCann. And I think you had to make that move. You had to trim some salary. Yep. And <clears throat> with Contreras coming up at the same time, it made a ton of sense for you um, to do that. So the other guys, Cameron Rupp, um, can't believe... He's not on the Fanatics. 
I know he loves himself some Phillies. <laughs> Rupp's having a decent season, but he's another guy not playing all the time. Um, you know, Cervelli, we're waiting for him to come back off the DL. He probably needs to be owned when he comes back. Jan Gomes, another guy. Grandal has been miserable, um, which I was able to get rid of him and upgrade with McCann. At least I think it's an upgrade. Um, so there are some names that would probably jump ahead of Zanino, but for some of these teams that are out of it, taking a shot on Zanino maybe makes some sense. You know, you get him for $5, and if he ever turns out to be the player we thought he was, you got a decent keeping option, especially at the catcher position. So, I don't know. Is yeah, that... I mean, it can't hurt for those teams that have already decided to sell and are, are looking towards next year. If you don't have a catcher that you're going to be keeping, you throw him on your roster and see what he does, and you have possible keeper off-season trade bait for something, maybe. So, I think it's worth it. Yeah, certainly worth a, worth a shot in the dark. Um, we saw it just uh, earlier this week, I guess it was, or I don't know how long ago it was now. Um, Tom picks up a guy like Prince Fielder. Yeah, and I thought um, you might want to talk about this. Thought it was uh, thought it was a great pickup. I mean, certainly a guy that could carry some trade value as we near the deadline if he figures it out. Um, obviously, Fielder's value is still a little low. Um, don't know that there's anyone willing to take a chance on him right now. Probably want to see him perform a little bit before you go take a chance. But he's a guy that, hey, you, you pick up, it's no risk. Um, obviously, now that the salary's down to $5 for the free agency, makes him a lot more tradable as someone that, that's in contention. Yeah, and I, I wanted to get to this because I don't want to be too critical because there's no reason to be, but I know you have a pretty strong stance on some of the teams that are out of it and adding players at this time of year. We see a lot of these teams stick with the status quo when I think there's some interesting options out there that they could be going after to maybe better not only their trade market, but take some shots for keepers for next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought the fielder move was a, was a great move by Tom. Great pickup. Um, maybe he doesn't end up trading. Maybe he doesn't get a chance to trade. Maybe fielder just is as bad as he's, he has been, and you don't. But there's no risk there. I mean, you've already worked your way out. You're not in playoff contention. Um, you got you can you have some free roster spots. If he gets hot, you can trade him for a pick. You can get you can get something out of him. Um, a guy like I thought Kendris Morales was a great pickup by you. I thought maybe a team that had already sold, maybe that would have been a great pickup for them. He's a guy that's proven that he can get really hot for for extended periods of time and certainly would carry some trade value. Um, I think it's very important. I mean when you're out of it, to, to not just say, hey, I'm out, I'm not going to win, and, and mail it in. Um, there's still guys out there that you can pick up on, on free agency, on, on the waiver wire, that, hey, if you, if you get a fourth rounder for him, hey, what does it hurt? Um, you, you grab an extra pick, you, you weaken another team, you strengthen yours for, for next season just by adding more assets. Um, never hurts to have a couple extra minor leaguers, a little extra cash maybe on the side. Uh, certainly worth worth taking a chance on yeah and brandon you know we had our fantasy football league you're in the football league with us and you were one of the teams that was out of it pretty early in the football league and we talked about how you spent the remaining weeks of the regular season just picking up guys that had keeper value and ended up getting a guy like david johnson um so it kind of yeah, I mean, in football, my, my goal was, I mean, even if they weren't going to be kept on my team, I didn't want somebody else picking it up and being able to keep them and them not being in the pool next year. So the same thing goes in baseball. If 
if there's a chance I want somebody, I, I'd rather have them on my team and have the option to keep them versus throw them back in the pool or rather than somebody else have that, that option. I mean, we're talking about potential veterans that could be traded this year, and there's still rookies that are being called up this year that may not be high prospects in, in someone's minor league system, but you, you might hit on. I mean, I know it's a couple weeks back now, but I picked up um, Daniel Mengden. Mengden. Um, was, I don't know if he was on the Oakland's top 30 prospect list. Yeah, he wasn't highly touted by any no, means. No, so obviously wasn't on anybody's minor league system. I picked him up for a spot start. I haven't dropped him since because he's been great. Uh, his AAA numbers were fantastic. Uh, two, he was in the ERA of two with right around a one whip, strike one strikeout per inning. So, I mean, the fact that that got to somebody... And and that was an open waiver claim, so, but that nobody else jumped on that. Some of these teams that have sold, I mean, you could have a keeper. Yeah, you got a guy like Brock Stewart that just got called up at the Dodgers too. Another guy having an outstanding AAA season. Nobody picked him up. For, I I consider really streaming him for that one start. And uh, uh, I looked at him at least five times. Yeah. I want to actually want to talk about that. For you, when you went to pick <coughs> him up, did it say he was still on waivers? Um, I, I didn't. Up, I didn't go to pick him up, but. Um, I'm willing to bet that that happened because of the fact that he was not in the player pool until the day that he got announced as the starting pitcher. Okay. So he wasn't in our CBS league and CBSSports.com had to add him to the player pool. So if that happens, I'm pretty sure they have to give everybody a chance to put a claim in for him. Okay. Because, yeah, I went to pick him up the day before his start and... It said he was still on waivers, yeah. and I was, I was just a little confused by it, and I ended up not. I picked up someone else and yeah. just went in a different direction. And they ended up getting tattooed like all the other starting pitchers this week. No, I actually think it was uh, Giovanni Giardo. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, I was pissed about that, man. He was throwing a no-hitter for like five innings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not cool, but that was, I think, your only good start of the week. Uh, James Shields actually had a pretty nice start. Another guy that well. sucks, too, that had a great start. So all your good pitchers, awful this week, the two. All my Bottom good, all my good pitchers up. is a pretty loose term. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of good pitchers on my team. So, well, Jose got ripped today, so that was appreciate, appreciated. Um, so yeah, that I think we're pretty much done talking about week thirteen. Um, hopefully, you and I will still remain friends after this <laughs> week. You said it can't be worse than eight five one. We're right around that mark right now, so uh, it's right where I wanted to be. No, no worse than eight <laughs> five. Let's keep it friendly. Uh, yeah. No one, think, no one needs to be a hero. Get yeah. blown out. My first year in the league, you beat me thirteen one. I think in a, in a matchup. So I believe that's true. I need to give this back to you. I need to get some more wins tomorrow. Um, all right. Yeah. So Kyle is not going to be back next week either. We're eight days from his return from the states to the states, and I guess we'll give him a day or two to hang out with his wife before we get him back on the podcast. Um, but definitely want to get together and talk. Next week, talk about week 14 and how week 13 wrapped up. And actually, I guess maybe talk about who the guys are that are going to be in the Home Run Derby. So uh, it's a it's a nice time of year. It's it's good to get, a, I think, a little break. The All-Star break's needed for a lot of us that have been grinding pretty hard the last couple of weeks. So uh, I know I'm looking forward to the three days of not having to worry about Absolutely. fantasy baseball for Absolutely. a little bit. 
So it's also probably gonna be nice for you guys not hearing my three, four transactions go off <laughs> every morning. I still think you'll probably be making moves <laughs> those couple days, looking for who you're gonna stream on uh, the 13th or 14th whenever baseball picks up again. So just a side note, I get Cody that week, so it's a big week. Heads Do up. Is it, we can half matchup, right? We yeah, play ten day matchup. That's tough, man. You get a good team in a ten day matchup. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna take it as kind of a, a playoff uh, warm up. Um, I think they did that on purpose to give you the shaft. That's <laughs> that's what I think happened. What week is that? Fifteen. Uh, yes. Oh, great! I have Billy that week. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I have the Steel Town Slugger. <laughs> 14 big ones there, sure. Go after it. Um, all right, so wrapping up the Week 13 podcast, um, I'm Matt Kozlowski for Shane Stein and Brandon Schur. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys in Week 14 at the All-Star break. <laughs>